Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Victory Podcast. On this episode, I got the opportunity to interview one of my really good friends, Vanda. Vanda hosts a sports podcast, and she'll tell you a lot more throughout the interview about that. We talked a bit about podcasts, mental health, sports, and a host of other fun topics a little bit along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun and a little funny conversation with one of my good friends. So hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me on the Victory Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Vanda, who hosts her own podcast called the Tight Ends Podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about her background, how she got into podcasting, how she's used that sports podcast to talk a little bit about mental health and other different topics beyond just sports and uh, her tips for other folks dealing around from her own experiences around mental health and uh, wrap up about her social media and information and maybe a little plug for her trailer, which we'll get into as far as why we're plugging a trailer that we're not sponsored for. But if they want to, it's fine. All Go right. Sponsors. I don't have any, so it's fine. <laughs> so uh, thanks for joining me, Vanda. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This is super exciting. I feel like I've sort of helped uh, bring this podcast about a little bit. For sure. Vanda is the reason I kind of made this more into a podcast versus just writing a book. You could do it all. Stuff. I know that you can do it all. But uh, when you told me the idea, I said, this sounds like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So let, for the folks who don't know you, which is everyone who's listening, that isn't me editing the podcast. <laughs> let's uh, So let's give them a little, little bit of background of who you are, kind of how we met, uh, a little bit about yourself, kind of whatever you feel like sharing. All right. I am a Canadian, <laughs> born in uh, Sudbury, Ontario. That's sort of the central part of Canada. And um, I've been living out west in Calgary, which is kind of near Banff. That's usually what I tell people who maybe aren't as familiar. I've been out here for about 20 years. And you and I met at work. We both worked at the same place in the same department. And uh, mm -hmm. I instantly, yeah, and I instantly felt this like, sort of openness from you that I just I love in people um anyways yeah so I live here in Calgary I'm married I have a dog and another dog on the way <laughs> oh fun uh so she's already here but she's just still with her dog mom while she grows up a little bit and uh she'll be part of our little pack here by the end of the month <laughs> I know that was new news for you, I think, but uh, yeah, yeah, I knew you were discussing and thinking about it. Hooray. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So Vanda, like she said, Vanda and I worked together. We just really connected and spent time outside of work. And then when I moved back to the U.S., still keeping in touch, have gone back to visit and hung out and stayed with Vanda and her husband, mm. uh, Frank, and all the fun stuff, met their dog, all, all this good thing. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, as a friend, sure. yeah, I remember when um, you were here and I and you didn't have a car, which is possible to do when you're in the city for sure. But it's very difficult to then get out to Banff and Banff National Park and the Canadian Rockies and things like that. So I kind of said to you, like, have you been out there yet? Like, can we take you? Because my favorite thing in the world is taking 
people who have never been out to uh, Canmore, Banff, and the Canadian Rockies to kind of show them around. And I just, I loved the idea of people with a Southern American accent (laughs) (laughs) coming out to like, you know, the snow was falling on Christian's eyelashes in April. So it was pretty cool. It definitely, I know you, I have less of a Southern accent than Christian does because I'm really more of a transplant to the deeper South, born in Northern Virginia, DC metropolitan area, which really doesn't have much of an accent because it's a very transient isn't quite the word, but because it's so many of the jobs there are so connected to the government as the administrations change, people go and leave and come and whatever and military folks. And so people talk like places from all over. And so that's where my mom is from and who, you know, being a stay at home mom, that's who I sound like more than anyone else Um, versus Christian born, bred, raised, grew up, went to college all the way until we moved to Canada, lived in New Orleans his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's yeah, it's just my favorite thing. And I remember at work too, <laughs> I would say to you, "Can I ask you something about the black experience in America?" And please just tell me if it's over the line or if you don't want to talk about it. And I hated you having to to me represent Black America, but you were kind of the only one in the office. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, you did it in a way that you respected. Like you asked it, and it's. I think it's important, especially in today's day, is to be able to have those conversations of I'm seeking to understand in that context. And then if I tell you, look, this is at least from my perspective, this part of the black experience or the history of America or why things are the way they are to put in a con. I'm all about like, well, let's set the stage before you just not you, but like in general, people will be like, well, why can't they why can't it just be X? And I don't understand it, especially from other parts of the world. And look, if you put in the context of the history of America or the history of the black experience or this, this, and that, and you were kind of like, oh, okay, then I kind of see where that leads you to this end point. Some other people who shall not be named um, yeah. that worked in our department were, yes. took that information and said, no, nah, I don't think that's it. Yeah. And it was a little bit like, well, why'd you ask me? Don't ask me if you don't want to know. Yeah, because I've had but, you on my podcast and we, you know, when I, I have this um standard for especially tennis players so i had ideas about serena williams that are pretty um um the the lines are pretty narrow what i expect from a a a professional tennis player because i think the sport is very you know quote unquote gentleman sport and uh, which of course is part of the problem so this is me seeing it from my point of view Mm -hmm. So having you on my podcast to talk about here's maybe what Serena is facing as a black woman um, in America, she's not just coming onto the court the way way every other player is coming onto the court. And Mm -hmm. it kind of, that kind of thing really helped me to see, um, I was putting my, you know, what I've gone through onto her in a sense where I'm like, well, I wouldn't act that way. Um, right. Which of course is, it, it, anyway, so it's just such an interesting perspective to, um, to just to get your side of things. And I always was just, and I love to get to know people and I love, I'm curious about people's experiences and where they're from and mm-hmm. how else, you know, we read the news about, about the United States and, and, and issues there. And I don't want to put that across 
all everyone in America that, well, this is how the Americans think. It's like, right. You know, it's ridiculous. So anyways, I, I always appreciate our conversations and we never could just sit down and like talk about the Kardashians. No. Like it always had to get. No, it's always deep. getting deeper. And I think that's both of our personality seeking to understand and be like, okay, but why? And then they, you know, mm-hmm. let's dig deeper into like why they would do that. Yeah. Because people don't just, mo- I mean, I'll say most people don't just do things to do things. There's always some level of context, social context and structure within their actions and decisions. Right or wrong, there's some context to be given. So definitely. So yeah, that's a bit of background. Now you've already kind of leading into the next kind of topic of this. Uh, You talked a bit about your podcast. So you are my podcast guru as far as... Well, a person that I actually know, like I listen to podcasts, but I can't go on and reach out and be like, hey, host of this podcast, I have a question about podcasting. They may or may, there's resources. You put me on to the Lady Pod Squad Facebook group um, and stuff like that. So I do find information that way. But maybe you can kind of give a little context of how'd you get into podcasting and any um, tips for people, maybe a little quick overview of what your podcast is for the folks who haven't listened well and we'll share her website and social media for the podcast as well on the show notes for this and on our website yeah thank you no i always say tightendspodcast.com go to the website that kind of links you to everything so that's kind of the best place to start but uh yeah i was uh I, i'm such a fan of podcasts have been for a really long time i don't i'll be honest i don't listen to a bunch of different ones i kind of have my favorites and uh Time is limited. My interests are so varied that I find it hard to focus on one thing. But I, yeah, I've always had sort of this creative um, need and my jobs have always been pretty technical and pretty um, like office type jobs, right? Like, you know, I've been administrative and that kind of thing. So I've always needed outside of work to have a creative outlet. And so I uh, started sewing clothes, my own clothes when I was 40 years old. Uh, just because I got tired of trying to find things I liked that weren't uh, at this point old ladyish, <laughs> and I still wanted fun things, but I didn't want to look like I was shopping at Forever Twenty One. Um, nothing against Forever Twenty One. I'm just saying I am not Twenty One. Um, <laughs> and sure. so yeah, so I started sewing, and then I had a blog about my sewing, mostly because my mom lived uh, further away and she was interested in what I was doing. So I've always, and so I wrote on that blog, and I connected with community on there too. So I've always had sort of something kind of creative going on. Then my love of podcasts and probably talking. Uh, led to <laughs> me and another one of our coworkers starting uh, Titans podcast. So I did have a regular uh, co-host um, off the start, um, who has since left. Uh, she has, you know, got married, had a child, and you know things have gone on. And you know she's she's moved on. We're we're still great friends, and we connect uh, regularly. Um, but yeah, we we kind of got talking, and we said, you know, there have to be other sort of and it doesn't have to be wives but in this case it was wives of of huge like sports fans and so so much of our lives were kind of around sports and we we didn't really know much about football except you know offense defense some of the teams very few of the players um and so we thought there have to be other people like us who have sports kind of on the fringe of their lives or like you take even vacations to go to games things like that 
But all the sports podcasts, like if you go to listen to a sports podcast, they're so highly technical and like stats related and that kind of thing. And that just doesn't um, appeal to me like that. That's not going to reach me the same way as if you tell me the life story of a player. So we kind of said, hey, let's talk about players that we like. Let's talk about some of the antics they're up to. Let's talk about um, uh, the charities they support and the things that they do that are great. And let's kind of bring a community together to kind of learn about football. And um, and they're just, I call it, you know, a sports podcast for the rest of us. So that's what Tight Ends Podcast is. Awesome. No, I really love it. And for sure, Vanna hasn't paid me yet, but there's a plug for <laughs> Just kidding. It's unpaid like guest <laughs> podcasting sometimes, but definitely into it because it's it's fun. I am a sports person and very competitive, but it's a podcast that talks a little bit about what are the sports event, who won, who's going to lose. There's some of that in there, but not. I agree. Like if you turn on the ESPN and stuff, you can get lost down the random and the such random statistics that that they now will like put together because they have all this data. Somebody's in the back is like, yes. So this is the first time a left-handed cornerback has ever started a game with the Eastern time zone in history. You're like, yeah. Why is, why is that a statistic? What, what, like, why should I care? Like, yeah. So they get super like nerd out on that stuff. Right. But if I hear the story about, yeah, about, if I hear the story about James Conner, uh, the running back with Pittsburgh Steelers, and mm-hmm. how his lymphoma was diagnosed because of the medical he went through in college to play ball, and how he went on to beat that lymphoma and then was drafted by an NFL team, that is like that is going to get me watching the game and watching the sport and and rooting for someone because it's just like a it's like a human story that just is like every time I see James Conner I'm like look at that guy he can do anything and I mean he beat cancer he can do anything so for sure that's the kind of thing that we definitely talk about and for example even when we mention a name like Tom Brady which on any other show you would just say Tom Brady in our podcast I pretty much always say the quarterback for New England Patriots we don't assume people even have a knowledge of kind of you know, that kind of thing. Um, just because we don't want people to feel excluded when we start just dropping names and folks kind of, you know, it, Tom Brady might be an extreme example, but we um, we try our best to kind of just quickly say, oh, by the way, that's, that's the quarterback. Just so folks kind of know if they join us that they aren't immediately feeling like, oh, this is already over my head. So yeah, we just, we just want everyone to feel kind of this, this community and sports is so fun that it's, it's just cool to find another another interesting way to link people and you don't have to claim to know it all. And it's, um, you, you just, sports can be fun. You don't have to, you don't have to be a know-it-all. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely is for sure. Awesome. So, um, in that vein, as far as it being a pod, so it's a sports podcast, it's, it's core sport that follows of course is football and then you have other sports that come once football season's over or during overlapping seasons so it's, it's kind of branched into a lot of different areas sports but one thing one episode that I want to talk about and I'll try and and maybe you can we can talk offline you can send me the exact link to this one where you talked a bit about sports and mental health and it was a very interesting and what I found to be powerful episode um how was and you actually were very, what I would say, vulnerable, maybe might be the right word, 
in talking about your own history with mental health and struggles with mental health and a bit about, you know, what worked for you using sports and mental health to kind of along with, you know, whatever other like psychological stuff and tools mm. that you work with. But yeah. like that was an interesting episode because it was a bit of a departure from some of the more I wouldn't say it's a departure from the lighthearted side, but it was something a little bit deeper that up to that point, I don't think y'all had driven that deep around the tight ends podcast, which I yeah. thought was interesting. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. No, for sure. From from the very beginning, um, when Allison and I started the podcast and it's continued, is we have what we call the halftime show. And this the part of the show we talk about anything not to do with sports. And the reason for that was because, like I said, I have this, this kind of varied interest in things. And I wanted to be able to bring stuff in that I was interested in and that kind of seemed cool to me. And that I thought, well, how do you introduce that into like a sports podcast where it doesn't feel weird? And I thought, well, how do you have Lady Gaga <laughs> at, you know... It, joined with American football. Well, of course, it's your halftime show at the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, um, right. <laughs> yeah, so the halftime show has always been kind of something that um and again, a lot of times we delve into lighter lighter kind of fare, but uh sometimes it's it's delved into other things as well. And anytime we talk about players that are are open with their struggles with uh, mental illness, whether it's anxiety or depression, that's generally what they're talking about. Um we delve into that too and talk about it. Um, yeah, I, um, have been really open in talking about my struggles with chronic depression since, um, you know, forever, really. Um, I would say, uh, I was probably diagnosed with chronic depression in my early twenties and it was about the same time that my dad was, um, diagnosed. And so we as a family are extremely open in talking about things like that. I would say we're, we're really ahead of the curve because, you know, this would be like, this would be like the early 90s. So we were open and talking about it, you know, to the point some people were very uncomfortable, but we always thought, you know, this needs to be talked about the same way people talk about a broken bone, um, diabetes. I always relate it to diabetes because I think, you know, there's different levels of diabetes. There's different types of diabetes. Uh, some people manage it just with diet and that kind of thing other people need medication on a regular basis for it um and so i kind of we just always our whole family really is very open about it and we talk about it openly so when i was you know doing the podcast and i and i kind of thought is this something it came up a couple of different ways i had a couple of different people talk to me about it hey if you ever cover this this topic let me know i can help you out and so uh, I thought maybe let's go there. And so I did it as uh, very occasionally we have an overtime episode, we call it. And so it's it's an episode that it doesn't follow the standard format. And it just we kind of call it we go into overtime to talk about something that's that's more important or something that's just different or whatever. And so I did it as an overtime episode and uh, talked to a few, reached out to a few different people, some who counsel youth using sports to kind of um, – counsel them and direct them and kind of help them to deal with with you know mental health issues and things um and i just tell kind of stories about different people that have been open athletes that have been open about about their struggles and uh i think it's still it's it's i mean it's not doom and gloom because the the end result is you have you know you kind of have a person who's openly saying i've dealt with chronic depression for um, almost 30 years, let's say, and I'm here and I'm doing a fun, funny podcast and I'm, uh, 
you know, a successful person, successful by my definition, and uh, maintain relationships and have friends and everything else. And to me, it's like it's a it's it's just like a a celebration that even though maybe you're struggling with something, it's like other people are and other successful people are. And, you know, the best thing we can do is to is to talk about it and and open up and uh, and and just take that stigma away um, and just let's just be open and, and talk about people are struggling, but it doesn't it doesn't define who you are. So I'm not a depressed person. I'm a person who deals with depression. Wow. Sorry, I was showing <clears throat> something. I muted my mic so that it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Um. Yeah, no, that's I, I really just, good. I could, I could talk about this forever, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually trying to cut myself off because I really <laughs> can sort of go into this forever, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so huge to me, for sure. Because I think honestly, everyone, at whether your specific cases, you said is like the diagnosis of a, of a chronic depression, but everyone, I think, at some point in their life runs into some whether to the to the levels of considered actual clinical depression or just struggling with an instance in their life that they're having problems with and they're upset about something or some version of that right it's kind of there's a yeah, whole grief, spectrum I mean, around grief, there grief grief is a whole nother yeah subset yeah yeah exactly so everyone has some level of 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 that space and being comfortable to, and I agreed and many, um, a lot more, I think we've definitely, we as the a society have gotten better about talking about it. Um, and it's become less than it was stigmatized, but there's still in some spaces and some portions of society, I think is still a lot further back than they probably could be. Um, but I think it's good, like podcasts and, and similar things and tools and like you said, celebrities and people talking about it, working through it, seeking help for it and being visible about it, I think is helping to like move the needle slowly opinions and views on it. So that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, and in Canada with, uh, the bell, let's talk, um, campaign is sort of a campaign that's you know nationwide and then it extends to other places as well around the world but uh it's kind of this day where folks kind of tweet out and kind of in in other social media and kind of talk about you know taking the stigma away and i think it's um it's it's been a number of years now um but it it has sort of allowed people to see strong people um, who are dealing with this and because it's seen as being weak so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you see a strong hockey player, I mean, in Canada, hockey players are, I can't believe they're not on the money. Do you know what I mean? Cause like that, they're, they're the thing. Um, but when you <laughs> see, when you see them open up about something, a struggle they have, then it sort of makes it okay for everyone else and for, and for people to be able to put, and to identify what it is that they are struggling with. And, and I'll say, especially for men, I mean, especially for men to have that example of someone that they can say, Oh, I'm going through the same thing. And it's, uh, the, the cost of not doing that is so high. We just have to, we have to talk about it. We have exactly, to talk about it. exactly. 
So I'm curious from, so that you did that, you did that overtime episode, you had the folks, it was really good. What kind of feedback did you get? Did you get any feedback from people who listen and thoughts on it, whether that be from your podcast network or other listeners um, around that? I'm curious how it was kind of received, if you got any kind of notes on that and how that went for you. Yeah, I mean, I never get enough feedback because um, I I just always want to hear from people and I try my best to kind of put things out so that they'll engage. Um, I find that the hardest part of um, of putting the podcast out and then you just get nothing back and you feel like, um, what you know, what is the reception to that? Um, but I would say for the most part, uh, I would say the people up front who were willing to help um, meant a lot. I had other folks reach out to me and say um, they could never do that, but they're so happy that I did. And I, I love to, you know, people are on different parts of their journey, right? Like you can't, you're not going to force anyone out into the light. You kind of are just going to like show them, Hey, I'm out here and it's cool. <laughs> Come on and join me. Um, so Come out, the I water's have, fine. It's okay. Exactly. And, I, and uh, so I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I never get enough feedback, but, um, yeah, the, everything has certainly been positive about it. And I thought it's quite a departure for kind of my sort of brand, but, uh, I, I, that's encouraged me to do more, I guess, because I didn't hear really negative stuff, <laughs> like stick to sports or anything. Uh, <laughs> uh hmm. I'm not, I'm not that important. Uh, but, uh, that's kind of led me to to sharing it in other ways. And so, you know, different things like I did a, a book club over the summer with um, a, a book to do with, you know, dealing with depression, but how running can help you uh, deal with depression and anxiety and things like that. So um, it's called running with mindfulness by William Pullen. So I had him on the, on the podcast as well and kind of talked about, it. so I felt okay because of the reaction to be able to drop in more of those things where I could. And I, and I kind of think it's important for, like, let's not just tune into a thing on depression to hear about depression. Let's tune into a comedy sports podcast and get a little nugget of uh, real life. Do you know what I mean? So for sure. Yeah. Like um, anyway, so I, it, that's, that's kind of, I've kind of been encouraged to drop those things in and, and again, it's not in a doom and gloom sort of way because, you know, I'm here and I'm talking about it and, and uh, it's just, it's something, you know, we have to kind of deal with, but it actually can be something that brings you a lot of strength, which, you know, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> For sure. That Yeah, that's kind of some of the premise, ultimately, in the, the Victory Cup podcast, right? So we talked in earlier episodes, um, and if you haven't heard them, go back and listen um, with various guests about grief and dealing with working with family and different things that come up in life, right? The ideas, things that come up, everyone's got their things. We go through life, things come up. And being able to take tools from the different guests we've had on, viewpoints that work, things that work for them. You know, this is not, to be clear, this is not go running, we'll solve all your depression issues oh or anything like no, that. Yeah, no, got to read the book. I mean, <laughs> yeah, read the book, you know, seek, uh, you know, the proper mental health resources that are out there in your various parts of the world for those listening but it's it's like this worked for me try it out or use this in tandem with whatever other psychological methods you're working through and at some point probably close to the Christmas episode I'll try and get my father-in-law on who is a, a psy 
psychologist, not the MD, the PhD, yep. uh, and does a lot with organizational psychology and stuff like that. But, you know, got grad students, all that fun stuff. I'll get him on to kind of record and add some bits and pieces. But the idea is like, look, this is not in lieu of seeking help from professionals as we all should. Like you said, like treat it like if, if your leg was broke, you'd go to the doctor and yep. the leg doctor and get it fixed. So the idea of using those tools of life and religion and relationships and all that kind of stuff and yeah. applying that to your own life as, as you see fit, just another resource out there for sure. Exactly. So if you broke your leg, you go to the doctor, the doctor does the cast and sets everything, but you can certainly talk to other friends who have broken their legs and they can say, you know, what was helpful is I set up a little, um, drink caddy and I had all my little drinks there so that I didn't have to keep getting up on my crutch. Keep getting like, up and crutch across so or, exactly. or I found this pogo's leg thing that made it so much easier to get around. I got one of those grab, I got one of those reachy grabby things, you know, that yeah, they have exactly. the, the seniors using. Um, yeah. And so that's exactly it. It's not, it's not about excluding one or the other. It's like, of course you go to your, your medical professional. I mean, without question for me, I always say, tell people your family doctor is the best place to start. Uh, start there but you can certainly take and that's what I like about your podcast you can take things from other places to supplement that it's not uh, replacing it because um, you know depending on on the level of of the depression or anxiety that you're facing you you will likely need some medical intervention but there's other ways to to get some help and suggestions and things to help you along the way for sure for sure all right those are the main ticket items. So this wasn't actually as long. I thought it might go a little longer because we didn't get we didn't get too tangential. You know, we can go yeah. into like a deep rabbit hole. I was trying examples. really hard not to. And I, was <laughs> I know, to me too. I was like, okay, yeah. bring it back, bring it back. Yeah. So maybe I can you, give I can give some of my um, things that have helped me if you wanted. For sure. Yeah. Tip. That was gonna say any tips from you that maybe maybe if you have a top five, top three, something like that is always good. Like to kind of if if that works. Or whatever, yeah. Whatever tips that worked for you um, as far as dealing with your, because you said like 20 plus years of chronic depression, you know, peaks and valleys, I'm sure, along the way. And some of the things that kind of help from those helping you get out of some, maybe some of those deeper valleys that happen along the along your journey, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, share a little bit about that. So absolutely. I will say that um, the best... Uh, sort of stepping stone to kind of start things, I guess, would definitely be my family doctor where then you can get, um, you know, I got to say we're fortunate in Canada, we have all kinds of resources available to us. And so through my family doctor, I was able to see um, a counselor, I was also able to get in to see a psychiatrist, those are different things. Um, at different stages of, of things I was going through. So absolutely, like, do not discount uh, going to your family doctor and and getting the help there. I can tell you there's nothing you're going to tell them that they haven't heard. So go in and, and be honest and tell them what's going on so they can help you. Um, another thing that I would say is, and I learned it probably in my late 30s, was I don't have to cure this. So... I lived for certainly over a decade just feeling like a failure every time I hit one of those valleys and feeling like, oh, here we go again. You did it. You you can't do it. You can't live a normal life. You can't keep, you know, uh, feeling like a failure. Um, And it took me in my mid or late 30s, I kind of said, 
so what if I have this forever? Like, am I going to beat myself up every, I don't know, 18, 24 months, whatever it is, that I, I hit kind of one of these lows? Am I am I just going to do this forever? Because my family, we live forever. <laughs> um, we live a long, long time. We're, we're uh, most of us are depressed, but we live a long time. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> so I thought I have got to find a way to be kinder to myself. And so um, one of the books I read, and I want to say it was called Out of the Blue. It was many, many years ago. They sort of gave the idea of um, you, this might be something you chronically have, and you have to talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend. And it just, that struck me that I would never talk to a friend the way I spoke to myself when I was, um, you know, going through one of those valleys, one of those difficult times. I would never talk to, and because I, I know I've talked to many friends about it, and I would never talk to them the way I talked to myself. So I really had to change my inner dialogue in how I spoke to myself in those times. And then just, just taking the burden off my shoulders, like, you don't have to cure this. There isn't a cure, so... Uh, there's definitely ways to manage it and you can have a great life and I've had a great life. Um, but you don't have to cure it. And that was such a weight off my shoulders to just think, okay, I'm allowed to deal with this the same way everyone else deals with their things and um, whatever struggles they're going through. And they just kind of, Oh, I got to do a little bit better on this and this will help that. And, and, and so that's, you know, what I found. Um, I had one counselor as well who, um, we talked about the importance uh, of sense, S-E-N-S-S, and that is sleep, exercise, nutrition, social support, and service to others. So if you take those five things, and what I, what he did was grade, I graded myself on it, and then we looked at ways we could improve the grade in things that needed to have the grade improved, and um, for me, this worked really well because I had like an action plan. I felt really good having a plan. I understand this may not work for everyone. Again, like I said, talk to your doctor. But for me, when I knew sleep was a big issue and I thought, well, if I'm not sleeping well, then obviously that's not going to be good for my brain and good for everything else and, and to deal with something that you're going through. I mean, the number one thing when you're not well is you need rest. <laughs> so just things like that. And then after a few months, we went back and sort of graded it again, and I was doing better. And that was such a um, that was such an eye-opening thing to think I can make changes and 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 improve things. I'm not um, I'm not burdened and stuck with this. Right. Um, and it's not it's not making the decisions. I get to make the decisions. And that was yeah. just um, that was just so helpful, you know, to me. Um, and then in For terms sure. of, yeah, in terms of, uh, social support, um, definitely my congregation, um, you know, and definitely my relationship with God as well was, um, so important in, in recognizing that it kind of folded into that with service to others. So if you're kind of doing service for others, it makes them feel good and it makes you feel good. And it does sort of take that focus off of sometimes we need to focus on ourselves. We need to focus on ourselves and get better. But sometimes if you're living in illness and all mm -hmm. you think and talk about is illness, then your life is just illness. Um, but yeah. if you step outside that and sort of reach out to others, that's good. Um, yeah. I also appreciate and I believe that, you know, God doesn't have a sit back 
and pray and then fold our hands up and wait. I think no. the intention yeah, sure. is is to is to ask for help and then make the steps. You know, give give God something to bless, right? Yeah, exactly. So make make an effort that that He can then um, you know turn around and bless. So um, that that to me was just uh, it, it was it was so many things that kind of it, it was it was wonderful to me to see that it was a number of things. Um, it wasn't that I was wrong or that I was just, def- I was a defect. You know what I mean? It was like, right. no, there's, there's certain things that I'm doing great. And there's other things I need to make some changes on. And just taking control yep. of that felt, felt so good. It's very hard to do when you're in the depths of yes. it. Yes. So, yeah. For so sure. I guess my last tip would be is don't wait to be in the depths when you start heading um, I call it downhill or down into the pit. Um, mm-hmm. And I have people close to me, especially my husband, where I can say, how am I doing? <laughs> and he knows what that means. That means, is he seeing something happening? Some of the, the pit I'm where the, like, yeah. the, the road work, like, don't, it's coming, you're coming downhill. Don't, don't keep going. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. And so you can then, you know, make the turn and kind of get things back on track a lot easier if it's the beginning of the slide rather than um, right at the at the bottom. It's it's pretty difficult to do. And so, it, you know, talking about it sounds like it's easy. It's not, but it is so uh, worthwhile when you sure. look back. And I feel um, I feel such compassion for that person that was in that pit. You know, I almost look at her like a different person. I know it was me, but I feel such compassion for her. And I am so proud of the fact that I saw her as worthy enough to do the work and to talk to the right people and to and to get myself out. God dang it, Vanda. My tears, too. This is why I'm glad we recorded just audio, not not. You can let sniffles roll down the face. This not can be fine because this is an audio podcast, not yes, YouTube. Yes, yes. Uh, for sure. Yes. I am glad too. Yay. Yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, again, when you start to look at yourself as a friend, um, you would say, uh, you know, is, is that person worth it? And it's like, you would never question, you know, whether your friend is worth the effort. And, sure. uh, it's the same for yourself is, mm-hmm. is you are worth the effort. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I wouldn't trade my life for anyone's right. I mean, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm, I'm where I want to be. And if part of my empathy for others stemmed out of my experience with depression, um, I, I don't know that I would want that to be gone. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, so those same kind of tips especially I wrote down a little bit of the notes I'm going to try and capture a couple things maybe as a I might uh, throw it up as like another tool on the victory podcast website just a couple of Vanda's tips to share with people just an outline mm-hmm. I'll probably send it to you Vanda just to make sure I can capture oh, yeah sure everything. yeah yeah sure um but yeah similarly when actually when we were in Canada and that whole uh for the company where we were they were doing reorgs and restructurings and yep. as a expatriate being in another country you're kind of at that time had much of a target on your back at the yep. top not not in a malicious way but in a we're very expensive way 
versus people domestically to do the same job. Um, and I remember I went through a period of being out from a physical ailment and then having difficulties through the complexities of the organization and all the things you have to go to to get back and supervisory issues at the time that I really got into a bad mental space during that time, like when I was out with the, with the, the medical yeah. leave stuff. Yeah. And I got to a place where I was like, I need to talk to someone. I need to talk to someone right now. Cause the thoughts, the mind map that your brain can kind of get into this, like deep down the pit at full force with no breaks. And you start to see like, uh Oh, I was kind of like in that space. And I was like, broke down, honestly, in, in our apartment. I was like, I need to talk to somebody now. And so thankfully, so I recommend this was my little note that or just tag on to that is if you work for a company that has EAP services, which most bigger companies do, they leverage, you know, different outside organizations, utilize your EAP services. That's the kind of stuff that they're there for as a touch point, especially in the US where our healthcare system is not as good as Canada's. Sorry. It's not. I mean, I think you have great. I think you have great <laughs> health care. You but just don't have access to it. You just yeah. Don't the have... access and cost yeah. yeah function can be challenging. But yeah, utilizing EAP type services for a company if you, you have those. Um, in addition to if you have if, if you have good health care, you like your services, reaching out to your family doctor. But definitely utilizing that is another way to kind of at least a touch point, especially in like a mayday. The brakes are out on this car going downhill type situation, yeah. which was the first time I had ever really experienced something like that for myself personally. And, you know, that's compounded of the work stuff's going on. I'm away from home. My yeah. structural, like some of that social services bit is a little bit hard. I hadn't found a church home in California. So didn't have that yeah. bit. That was usually yeah. some of my, yeah. So it was like layers and it was just like, ah, help. And so when I talked to the council, the first thing was like, okay, like I told, and then they're doing this at the job, and then this thing, and then this thing, they're like, okay, did you eat today? Yeah. No. Okay, you should eat today. I was like, oh, yeah, I should. It was one of those, yep. yeah, talk to yourself, which one, like, I would have told someone, did you eat today? Make sure you eat today. Let's focus on things you can show. Like, things that, stepping back, and once you're out of that valley, you're like, uh, duh, of course you should focus on the, like, of course those are the things I'm going to try and do, change, manage. But in the minute you're like, uh, I'm in a mind map circle of this loop. And then until you can like catch it or someone else helps you stop and say, okay, something, I have to put a tree or something that will stop me to then be able to assess and get back out of the pit or the valley of stuff. So no, absolutely. Um, and I like, I like that. I know that you're, um, you know, you have a faith in God as well. And so I appreciate that about you, uh, because I do take strength from things like what, what your situation reminds me of is, um, is, uh, Ezekiel and how he was mm -hmm. going through, you know, his own people were like rejecting God and him. And, and, uh, and so an angel comes to him and is like, uh, get up and eat. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> It's yeah. almost exactly like what you're talking about, where yeah. uh, even God recognizes you got to look after certain basic things first before, you know, the angel didn't say, well, get out there, do your prophesying. What are you doing? Get out there. It was like, no, no. Okay. Get something to eat. Go back to sleep again. Get up again. Like, so it's just, uh, it, that just made me think of it. We were just talking about that recently in our congregation. But um, so just those practical things absolutely is, is so 
key mm-hmm. to giving you the physical resource to then deal with kind of the other things. And yeah. um, I'm glad that yours uh, came through successfully. And, and yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. It's terrible. Someone has to go through things, but I'm sure you've learned and now have a certain empathy that, you know, maybe you just didn't have the opportunity to have before. And it's, yeah. uh, it's always kind of, it's I, that experience I, you can, you can help, you can use that to help others. Exactly. I think for me, it wasn't that I, I was, I've always been empathetic, but I never like fully, like you don't fully to go even on the physical side, like migraines that I now thankfully don't suffer with all the time, but I've never actually experienced a migraine. So my empathy was, I don't really understand it, but what do you need? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, And it is, it's like a sympathy, right? It's like, um, it's like, uh, yeah, like you can, you can certainly have a, a sympathy for someone once you've kind of, you're, you can, an empathy is almost like this deeper, like, it, sometimes they say like walk in the shoes, but someone's like, oh, I've been in those shoes and I can sort of, you know, understand what, what that, you know, is, yeah. is like. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, so it is, it is a terrible thing. You don't want anyone to go through it, yeah. but of, of all things, you you do have to figure what, what, what can come out of this that actually is, is a positive or what can I take out of it that can, you know, help me kind of going forward. And that's, you know, that's kind of growth. That's the whole way we end up with growth. So I don't know. um, Yeah. For sure. Whoo. All right. Eyes have been dabbed. (laughs) <laughs> tissues blowing nose I'll save that for the listeners not to hear and blow out their ears but yeah it's important I mean this is I think this 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 is the whole these kinds of deeper conversations was why I wanted to do a podcast because I feel like talking about things whether it be mental health depression career things we'll get into some career episodes coming up um so stay tuned in future episodes around people changing their career doing different things with their career um and kind of some tools and tips and tricks around that space but that's why i created this podcast was to i like to talk and i like to i've always um for whatever reason people that i meet um very soon after meeting them oftentimes are very we develop deeper conversations maybe because i'm a deep person but people feel really I'm also nice to everyone. and You are people. nice to everyone. I really am. Well, I, you I just are so up, nice. And I give most people the benefit of the doubt until they should fully show themselves. So I'm going to give context of, I'm going to assume that you didn't mean to do this thing that was probably silly. And then what, usually 90% of the time it's like, yeah, it was a miscommunication. It was a not clarity and whatever and whatever. I'm nice to everyone. I I operate in from, and this comes from my Christian uh, combination of things. Being from the South, everyone's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most people are raised to be nice. Let me put it that way. Not everyone is nice. The other side is my family talks to, I grew up with my dad. They will talk to everyone. Hi, how are you doing? How's your day going? Walmart, doesn't matter. The Walmart greeter the airplane attendant, the CEO sit next to you, every single person, I'm going to treat exactly the same. Um, and I've all, and it surprises people, especially on my career path that people, Oh, you know, that's the so-and-so I'm like, okay, we all, we're all putting pants on. <laughs> I just, yes. the running joke is that we all put our pants on the same way. 
head first backflip onto the bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, oh, that's just me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, it, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Because no yeah, I end up, you know, uh, at work in the elevator with you know certain whatever you know, whatever are supposed to be with the executive team and things like that. I always just, I, they're people like we're all just heading to work we're just people. And, and I just think, um, sometimes they're treated with kid gloves and I, I think they sometimes appreciate me, uh, because I talk to them like people and I, you know, we teased the one, um, president who was uh, as well, an American coming up to Canada. I think he was Texas. He was Texan. And mm. uh, teasing teasing him about the Canadian winters and things like that, and um, it, yeah, it's it's you know be be as be as kind to the the cashier at the grocery store and be show the same kindness to to the president or the CEO. It doesn't everyone everyone are like we're people, and yeah. uh, you can I don't know you can make a connection with uh, with anyone, and that, that's it's funny. You, my husband says the same thing. He's like, does does the grocery cashier have to hear our life story? <laughs> I'm like, if it comes up contextually, like, oh, yeah, like in the grocery line, they'll, how are you doing today? And then sometimes they'll be like, oh, what you making tonight? I'm like, oh, doing chili and this thing. It's like, yeah, it should be good. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. And my yeah. and my husband's not the same way. He's like, not mean. He's just a little bit more introverted, especially if he doesn't, if it's a topic he's really passionate about, then he can talk all day. But if it's, yeah. if it's not, small talk is not his forte or anything he really gets into, so balances no exactly and i and i've tried to tone it down i mean on airplanes you know you don't want to be sitting next to the woman who wants to hear your life story and ask you about um race relations with America. yeah i read the room pretty good too when people are ready to like all right put my headphones on and i i'm not on all 24 7 too i really on the opposite side when people sometimes when i get on the plane the 90 percent of the time first thing i want to do is lean against my window seat and go to sleep makes the plane go faster but but yeah, i've but also like, had great conversations with people oh for sure who were willing to talk and mm-hmm. um and you know again it like you just learn all kinds of things if people are open to kind of talking about it and again you're not it's not like the whole four hours it's maybe 20 minutes while the plane taxis and things but yeah. um it's i don't know it's i don't know, just make yourself open to connections and i don't yeah. know just take all take all those life experiences and like we talked about, that's what moves people forward is their life experiences. So mm-hmm. I met finally one time on a plane. Where was I going? I don't remember fully. I think I was coming back from maybe a training somewhere. So it was, I think I was coming back to California from either New Orleans going home or from a training somewhere else in the U.S., like Wilmington, Delaware, and sat next to a guy on the plane that was an industrial hygiene person, like in the same career path wow. type thing was coming. I was like, who on the same plane sitting next to each other, someone in the same similar career path getting their CIH kind of stuff? It was just really funny. They were going to maybe interview for a job or something. I don't know. And I thought it was really hilarious. I was like, of all people. I know. I, like, sat, I sat next to a screenwriter. And he was like watching a TV show and then he would turn to his laptop and he was writing lines in a screenplay. Wow. Um, Yeah. And so I think he was writing for a television sitcom and I didn't know the show. I'll be honest. I think it was like a, I think it was like a young person type show. Um, (laughs) 
you know, like one of those, I don't even know the stations because I don't, I don't have kids and I don't watch any of that stuff, but. Oh, um, like a kid, like a kid show. Yeah. Like is, is Nickelodeon still a thing? Like it would be one it, of those type of shows. It was, it's a thing. I have no, you, I would, if a gun was pointed to my head to ask me what's on there, bang, I'm dead. Just, I have no idea what's on there, but yes, it's still a, it's still a show. Okay. So we, cause we don't have Nickelodeon obviously in, uh, in Canada, but anyways, it was that type of show, I think. And I, and he was like writing and then, um, but then we got talking and of course he's super into TV. That's why he's a TV writer. And so we got talking about our favorite shows and stuff. And, and it was kind of cool to like be able to have this kind of, you know, he mentioned a couple shows I hadn't seen. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I got to check that out. If you like all the things I like and that I've got to check that out. So it's always kind of cool. So but again, I try not to, you yep. know, I, I read the room. I read the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. So that's good. Um, so maybe as we kind of wrap up, we can talk a little bit about your social media and some info and Titans podcast and where people can find you. All right. So the best place to go first always is tightendspodcast.com, the website. Uh, the episodes are on there you can listen to, and that's where I post all the show notes with links to, like, hilarious things and Cam Newton in a headscarf and, and things like that. <laughs> uh, that's the episode. Did you obviously. talk about that in your next episode? Because yeah, it's, it's so, I have... Yeah, oh, that episode's so coming up right away. Yeah. Oh, um, the memes. Oh, the memes <laughs> that exist. Oh, so many. Um, and so on there as well, then you can find links to other things, but I am on, uh, Instagram at the tight ends. Twitter is my favorite social media at the tight ends. Uh, I also have a Facebook page that I'm terrible at, at but I do answer things. Um, uh, tight ends podcast page on uh, Facebook. Um, but yeah, and then you can find the podcast any, anywhere that, you know, that you get your podcasts uh we're on there and available and i think you'd i think most folks would enjoy kind of listening to some lighthearted chat about sports and you might learn something and if nothing else uh you'll get a few laughs out of it i'm sure <laughs> for sure it definitely is funny and we'll link to titans podcast and i'll try and link your social media as well and then a couple of things in the notes um okay. with this episode i'll try and probably get it out tonight but Thanks, Vanda, for joining and chatting. As always, it's fun. I know. I'm glad that we have podcasts so that we can keep uh, keep up our friendship. After you left work, I mean, usually people leave work, let alone go to another country. <laughs> uh, usually lose touch, but it's been great to be able to keep up with you. And um, yeah, I'll be through your airport there in uh, in on Friday. So <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Look for my plane. <laughs> I'll wave in the air around that time. Be like, hey, she's at the airport. Yeah, you're about, that airport is about an hour from where I live and work. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, if you were in the San Jose one, maybe I'd be like, oh, I'll just pass by. But there's I, not much. It's the whole go through security, back through security. Like, absolutely. I don't want them to pull my luggage and stuff because that would like be a whole terrible. Thing. As a yeah. Canadian crossing the border, I want to follow all your rules as closely yes, as possible. Yes, please do. In the current <laughs> administration especially, you never know. You know, our leader doesn't like your leader because he can probably, I don't know, who knows why I can't, your leader can out push up our guy by a thousand times. Like, I think, I'm worried if Trump did a push up, uh, all of a sudden our vice president would be president, so. No comment. No comment, officially. <laughs> I'll edit it out. It'll be fine. I might leave it in. Who knows? We'll see. I don't care. I don't have sponsors, so it's fine. 
<laughs> I have no sponsors. No one's listening. This all has gone to the void of life. No one's yeah, exactly. No, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can at me, real Donald Trump. I don't care. Oh, that'd be great publicity. Oh, it would it would blow me up. I would be done. I'd, I would quit my job and like become a professional pro- podcaster. I know. It's like when I talk about the Patriots and I and I like don't even say allegedly because I just really want them to come at me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, please do. Yeah. You might get Gronk back. Who knows? He's retired now. Who yeah. knows? He's got time. If I ever find a sports connection, because my dad's friend is the sports agent and represents like Marshall Falk and a couple of people and a couple of like linemen and stuff and on the couple teams if there's ever an opportunity like yo I have a friend and she's got a sport and you're like the featured if I I'm trusting you if that ever situation comes up 100 percent you're the you're the person I'll pass it on to and send them your info that would be uh, amazing because we have our regular What's Up with Gronk segment. and But this week he may not be very happy with me because I talk about his comments about concussions and how he fixed himself. <laughs> and uh, I'm And I'm very skeptical that he has fixed his, his you know, brain did after he, 20 years. Did he do a brain transplant? Uh, I don't know. It's probably CBD related. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Gronk. Waves fist in air. <laughs> Yeah, he may not be thrilled about my comments this week, but um, generally we just have a lot of fun about him. But I was like, uh, yeah, talk to neuroscientists over Gronk when you're talking about your concussion. Yeah, that, he's my resource for neuroscience and brain brain uh, things. Let me tell you, of all the players in the national football, past, present, or future, not on anywhere near the list. Sorry. If you want sorry. the hottest club in Miami... Please yeah. reference that's my Gronk. dude. Then I'm gonna let him. That if is I want to go to resource, but what please, it, if you're talking about and brain injury and stuff, yeah, he's not. No, not who. No, I'm more apt to call my sister because she's in medical school. That's probably my first touch point. You know what? I think that's great. That's great. But uh, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Vanda, and uh, check out uh, her podcast at the TitansPodcast.com and all the good info. Awesome. Thank you. Once again, thanks to Vanda for sitting down and chatting about a really personal topic, but that's something that she's pretty open as you can gather by the interview. And if you're looking to reach out to Vanda, hear more about Titans podcast and all the fun activities that she's got going on on her end, look at the show notes and links that are provided there, but go ahead and check her out at tight ends podcast. That's T I G H T e-n-d-s podcast.com and of course you can find all your all of our social media ways to comment share your concerns questions interview ideas or whatever topics whatever's on your mind at the victory podcast that's t-h-e victory v-i-c-t-o-r-y podcast.com so let's go ahead and end this episode like we do every episode Every problem has a solution. It's whether you're willing to do the work to find it. Let's do the work and be victorious.